Hello and welcome to the Mixed Era Rap Podcast. I'm your host, DJ B. Wise. This is a podcast we talk about hip-hop from boom bap to trap. We're a group of hip-hop enthusiasts from multiple eras trying to bridge the gap in hip-hop. My co-hosts are Kev and DJ Reaper. Yeah, people, we're back in the building. So for tonight's episode, we got a new segment coming at you, and we're calling it One More Listen. And we got two projects that we're going to do a one more listen to. And we're going to start with Missy Elliott and her project, Miss E, So Addictive. All right. And then our next part of this uh, segment is going to be one more listen for the clips, Lord willing. So let's jump straight into it after we do our social media plugs. So let's get it. You can find us on Instagram at Mix Air Rap Pod. Again, that's Mix Air Rap P-O-D. And you can find us on Twitter at Mix Era Rap. Reaper, tell them where they can find you on social media. Party people, as always, you can find Boss Man Reaper across all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Mixcloud, and uh, what's the last one? Oh, WeChat, of course, at the 313KID, T-H-E-313-K-I-D. Ah, man, that's what's up. So let's jump straight into it. And this is one of the first songs we want to give uh, one more listen to from the uh, Missy Elliott Project, Miss E So Addictive, and that is Get Your Freak On. Mississippi putting it down, I'm the hottest round. I told y'all mother, y'all can't stop me now. Listen to me now, I'm lasting 20 rounds. And if you want me, then come on, get me now. Is you with me now? Then biggie, biggie bounce. I know you dig the way I switch my style. Holla, holla. People sing around, now people gather around. Now people jump around. Get your freak on, get your freak on. All right, that's what's up. And that was Get Your Freak On by Missy Elliott from uh, Miss E, So Addictive. Let's get into it, man. The one more listen thing. I I just want to jump out and say that, you know, Missy's super talented. Her production skills were amazing. I think she worked very well with Timberland and Magoo. And uh, they put out some real, uh, you know, club bangers. Uh, For this project, this is the shining star for me of this project. And I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to let the fellas jump into it. And I'll... I'll peek my head back in when they say something that I think is egregious. All right, Reaper, take it away. Um, well, just for the people, because since uh, One More Listen is a new segment, so basically um, some background, we're going to do a re-review or a retrospective review on some albums that have been out, you know, I guess I guess there's no year on it right now, but five, ten years ago plus. So Missy So Addictive came out in 2001. And it's a follow-up in some ways to our podcast last week when we were talking about Rolling Stone's top 200 hip-hop albums that came out just a yeah, week and or so ago, week and a half ago. This album was listed at number seven, I believe, number seven or eight on the top 10. And we felt that was pretty egregious, but also we felt maybe it deserves a listen. So here you go, a brand new segment where we uh, listen to this record a couple of times this week. Do you have any prompt questions that you want to ask? I mean, I could probably do that, I suppose. Yeah, I'd appreciate it if you do it, because, again, I was not I'm still uh, very <laughs> bothered by her being in the spot that they put her in after listening to this project. Uh, I talked with Reaper probably Thursday and uh, I put in three or four listens over the last two days. I mean, really deep dives morning and evening to see where my attitude was and I'm unchanged in my uh, opinion. So I let Reaper handle this one. 
right, so uh, let's go through some of the prompts that we usually do. So again, let's let's think about this tool as just a retrospective review, not necessarily being ranked number seven on the top 200 of all time. Let's just look at it as an album first. So production-wise, we've got Timberland on every track. What do we think about the production? Kev, tell me something. I think I think the production is um is is great. I, I also think it's an underrated album. Um yeah, I, I mean, you know, just sitting back and listening to it, you know, I was able to have an open mind and not really even think about the 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 top two hundred list or even, you know, where we, you know, where most people rank Missy at just in her career. Um, so I think it, you know, it just felt fresh. It felt new. Um, yeah. And it, it, it was more enjoyable that way. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think as a whole, as, as rap fans, we really slept on Virginia, you know, um, I think right now, like Pharrell, this might be the most popular person coming out of Virginia when it comes to just rap music as a whole. But I mean, we can't sleep on Timberland. We can't like Timberland, Missy, Magoo. That is a awesome combination. Um, you throw in, you know, Static Major and his work that he he contributes to them, and I mean, I'm like. They got a nice little group, man, and, and people just sleep on them. And you know, it's so it was a, it was a very good listen. You know, I played it a couple times. Um, so yeah, I re- I really enjoyed it. But you know, I'll comment on the other stuff later, though. But yeah, overall, it was you know top notch. What you say, uh, B, about the production specifically? Timberland was in a groove on this project. I think. Uh... He and Missy curated this project properly for what they were trying to achieve. It just, again, for me, it, it just was not my cup of tea. Um, the, but the production, again, was amazing. You know, how talented uh, the both of them are. The whole crew, uh, again, is just, uh, I, I don't know. I, I gotta rem- I'm trying to remember where I was in life when this came out. And I just... I don't even know outside of uh, get your freak on again. I remember that being played constantly at clubs. You know, uh, I didn't play it in any of my sets, but it was heavily rotated for ever in the day, you know, so uh, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I think it's interesting. So it's May 15th, 2001 is the release date. If you just need a point of reference, but um I think from the production, again, just having Timmy, you know, do every song on your record is just like something that we talk about now. I remember Kev brought up, you know, uh, was Alchemist and uh, what's his name? Freddie Gibbs and how some artists would be better off, you know, if they just got one person to make the sound of the album. So I think the sound is really consistent throughout. Um my issue with some of the beats are the singles get your freak on one minute man and we're gonna play takeaway later 
stand out so much more than the other beats. Like the other beats are very much Timberland. They're very much that sound that he was making at the time and still arguably makes to an extent now. But I feel like all of the other beats sound like Timberland B-sides and the singles are like clearly the singles. Like these are clearly the best songs on the record. I agree with you totally on that Reaper. I feel the same way. I was just like, man, some of these tracks, I don't think this is best work. You know, I think, this. you know, they, they had their singles. I think they got their singles early in the process and was like, yeah, let's just. Do you, do you mean like best as in stuff that just stands out or just, well, not great as in stuff that, because it doesn't stand out or is it, it wasn't properly, you know, I guess formatted for this album? No, I think uh, the, because again, to comment on what you said, I think the curation is fine. I think it's a really quick listen for it to be uh, 16 songs or so. Uh, the One Minute Man remixes at the uh, end. Shout out to remixes of singles. People don't do that no more. The Clips has a, two remixes at the end of there as well as the deluxe version technically. But So that was just a cool throwback. But I think it was a pretty easy listen for it to be 15 tracks. I looked up and it was like on the last song. I was like, oh, wow. So that was cool. But I just think like if you listen to this album and you had never heard Missy Elliott before or just when you listen to any album and it's clear, like if you were the A&R or the, you know, the, the leader of the camp or they was asking you for your advice, which one should be the single? I think even if you had never heard Get Your Freak On, you'd be like, oh, this song clearly stands out more than all of the other songs and then one minute man and then take away or for my people or maybe slap but again those all ended up being singles anyway so it's just kind of like yeah the b-sides just feel like (laughs) b-sides i mean i'm sitting here looking and i see she had five singles from this album i agree with the first four I would have probably went in a different direction for the fifth one, but yeah, I mean, you know, like I say, overall, I think, I think the production was fine. I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to say it was Timberland's best production, but I think that the way it was put together all together for the album, it fit. I mean, the only thing I, I, I might would have sequenced the album differently, but that, but I mean, that's minor to me though. Yeah. Uh, Reap, let me ask you this question. Was this album before the Nelly Furtado uh, track that Timbo did, or is this? After? Yeah, way before. It's way before. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Okay, you're talking about Promiscuous Girl, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like 2000. Without looking, 2006 or seven. Okay, you were just in such a groove right around those early 2000 years that I, I just get them mixed up because he had a, a run of hits during that time. But I think that's what's interesting, too, about the production, because if you if you look at it in a vacuum before he got to that stuff, like I said, it very much sounds like Timberland of that time. But if you look at it from now to then, where he went sort of after this stuff was beyond. You could argue like because I was talking to my uh, homeboy about this and he because we, we're going to talk about this later about bigger songs. But I asked him, was Get Your Freak On? Missy's biggest song and he said work it was probably the biggest the bigger song and I think there could be an argument had for that 
But let's just go with that. Work It didn't come out until the next album. You see what I'm saying? So, and then when she started doing like Lose Control and some of that stuff with Sierra and stuff, that stuff was after this. So you could argue like this was just really the beginning of Tim's groove because he was, you know, this was around when Aaliyah passed and stuff. So he already had the stuff with Aaliyah, but him really getting into that, those super crazy hits that he had didn't come until after this stuff. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. So uh, there's a couple of, I don't want to say random features. I mean, if you think about the time, again, May 2001, we've got Tweet, the beginning of Tweet, uh, Ludacris, Redman and Method Man, Genuine, Eve, Busta Rhymes, The Brat, Little Mo, and Jay-Z. So all of these are very much of the time. So again, thinking about 2001, what do we think about the features on, on this record? Well, for me, I thought that the features were at least four of them were kind of mailed in. Uh, the Brat, I didn't think she get, gave her best on it. Jay, you know, Jay is Jay. He was okay. I've I've seen him do, I've heard him do better uh, features. I didn't think this was, you know, a super standout one for him. And then uh, Red Man, Method Man just seemed odd on that particular track. Not that they didn't do their best. It just didn't, it didn't feel right on that track, on that track. Busta's um, feature, you can't go wrong with a Busta feature. He just, he, at that po- point in his career, he was giving you just straight fire, even though, you know, I don't think the track matched him it definitely matched missy and and she shined on that track but in general he was so off on the track that it wasn't appealing to me uh tweet again i thought she did a very nice job as well as little mo uh as far as you know this was little mo you know setting herself up for her next uh ladder rung that she was getting ready to go on this was tweet introducing herself and really pushing forward to kind of get in the groove of things so, you know, overall, I think the majority of the features were good. I mean, half and half. It was eight features. Four of them were, I thought, were kind of, you know, ah. And the other four, I thought, were, were pretty good. Kev, tell me something. Well, I listened to another version because I had the gospel feature. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's on there at the end, yeah. On the one I listened to. So I actually had. And, that, and, and now, now that you mentioned it, and sitting here looking at it, it's like half the album is features. That, that and I'm just like, I didn't really even notice that listening to the album that it was so many features on here. Gosh, that I, I don't like a lot of features on albums. I feel like, you know, I feel like an artist should just shine on their own. You know, what I'm saying a, a sprinkle a few features here and there, and it's fine. I mean, genuine was part of that camp, so. I don't have a problem with that one. The tweet, tweet is from if she's not from Virginia, she's not that far away, so that's still kind of close to that camp. She was a part. She was a part of that camp too. Yeah, she was a part of that camp. So those two features made sense, and they both worked. I like the gospel feature. It was just I don't know why Missy did do more gospel music because I think she'd have been. I honestly think she'd have been a bigger star. If she would have went into the god, if she'd have ventured into gospel, what? Yes, trust me. I think she'd have been a bigger star. I mean, outside those three, yeah, everything else felt wasted. I didn't like the Jay Z. I didn't like the Eve. I didn't like the Buster, the Luda, Meth and Red. And it was, am I missing one? You don't like the Ludacris feature? No, really. 
Why? I, I never really cared for it. It was okay. I mean, it was. I mean, it 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 was. It wasn't nothing like spectacular or special about it. It was. It was a song that it was a. It felt more like a ludicrous song than a Missy song, and I think that's what took it away from me. I think this is like like I, it, it, huh? I think this is like signature ludicrous though. Like this is two thousand one. It is signature ludicrous, but after right after the first album came out, second album is coming out two three months after this. This is like what people remember, like right when he was coming out. Right, I, but and but see that's the thing. That's my thing about it is that. If you gonna have a feature on your album, it should sound like your song. This sound like a ludicrous song more than a Missy song. And little stuff, and, and, yeah, and I know sometimes I'm, I take little stuff and blow it up bigger than what it should be. But yeah, stuff like that, I don't like stuff like that. Like this sounds like a ludicrous song. It don't sound like a Missy song. But I mean, would you rather? I mean, okay, so if he, if it was on Ludicrous album, I would have enjoyed it more. I don't think that makes sense. But what I'm saying is. It, what it, I'm saying is, <laughs> if somebody jumps on the song, they can match your energy, right. they can outshine you, or they can undershine you. If they undershine you, like you've been saying with some of these other features, you think you're going to dog them. If they outshine her, you're dogging the person whose song it is. And then if they... I don't think she... I, I don't think he... Out, like like you just said, this was... This sounded like a ludicrous song, right? You said it sounded like... You said this is fits the vibe he was in at that time. But it's just like when you ask somebody for a feature, you want their energy. You want what they're doing at the time. Ludacris was on fire at the time. So it's, I look at it more of a feature period, more of like a collab than anything. Like Missy was doing her thing and she was getting ready to go on this run with Missy and then with the under construction record and so on and so forth. And Ludacris was in the middle of a run. Like, let's link up. Same with Red Man and Method Man. They had just collabed for the Blackout album that same year or like the year before. So they were on fire. It's like, let's collab and do something that we both on fire right now. Let's make a record together, you know? No, I mean, I get it. And I, and I totally agree. But I just said, like I said, it's just... I totally agree, but I don't agree with what you're saying at all. I, I well, Let me say this. I understand everything that you're saying. All right. I understand. It's just, yeah, that little thing just, uh, uh, it takes it takes something away from me, but... All right. So we're going to jump into the next song that we thought was notable for our One More Listen segment, and that is Takeaway featuring Genuine. You're so incredible Ever since the day we became, we became So personal Every day that I spend with you It gets unforgettable Anything that I did with you I don't regret at all I love everything about you. Take away. Oh, yeah. You go platinum chains. And I'm gonna love you, baby. Love you All right. And that was Takeaway featuring Genuine from uh, Missy Elliott's project, Miss E. So Addictive. And now we're gonna let Reaper take us into the next question. So it's interesting. It's that you actually played that song before I made my point. So 
one of my issues with the uh, so that's the the question like what is your overall issue with the album and we'll just take it from there so one of my overall issues and uh, i guess it's a sort of issue um that surprised me was of the 15 or 16 tracks you know we got some skits in there and stuff but of the songs i would venture to say maybe half of the songs are not R&B songs, but they, they're singing. Like, Missy, to me, is a rapper, you know? Missy be putting it down, I'm the hottest round, you know? Like, she's rapping, you know? And One Minute Man even was the single. And I don't know why. I've heard One Minute Man a hundred times, you know? I don't know why I thought she was rapping on the song, but she sings, like, the entire song. So, and that, you know, that's kind of what, what's cool, I guess, about it, because she's singing and then Ludacris is, is rapping. You know, you have a singer and then a rapper, but... But Takeaway is singing the entire time. And then Genuine is on it, who's flat out R&B. You know, I was really surprised that so much of the album was singing. When you don't really think about Missy as, or at least me, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't think of Missy as a singer. But again, even if you go back to uh, Not Super Duper Fly, what was the song after that? Uh Bum, 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 bum. Uh, what is it called? Socket to me is is singing actually if you think about it. And then she sang on Hot Boys. So I mean I guess, but I just wouldn't peg her as a singer, you know, for it to be so much singing on the record. Like what what say what say you? Let me say Missy is a singer first and a rapper second. So. When she came into the when she came in, she was in the, she was in a group a girl group called Sister, and they was a, they was singing. Really? She so she came she started she started off as a singer. Like more than half this album is singing, but I think at the time in two thousand one, like I said last week, there's no like we don't have no standard or no floor of what rap or rap album should be like even like in today's time when you look at the grammys they got a a melodic rap single or something like that and anderson pack wins all of them and you know all he does is sing i mean or you could say he has a singing rapper or whatever but it's i mean based off of where we're at today compared to 20 years ago when this album came out it's a different standard for what the music is i wouldn't consider this a rap album because it had too much singing on it for me i i don't agree with it being in the top 10 i don't agree with it being in the top 20 anything outside of 20 i i I would be fine with because of like uh uh get your freak on which was a huge hit what else is on here one minute man i mean yeah I, i know what i just said about one minute man but still it's still a decent song (laughs) <laughs> but you know, it, it's it's it still had too much singing on it for me to be really be like this is a rap album. So that was my issue with it, huh? Here you go, the Fugees, <laughs> I guess. But I but I still think I'm, I'm and, but but you know but but I am conflicted with that too because I've said I don't I said do we really consider Miss Education a rap album? Then you looked it up and it said neo soul slash rap. But you, you, but you, you said that uh, there was no question about Lauren Hill being top ten, and half of that is singing too. 
Right, but 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 then what's the flaw then? Like, because if we're gonna if we're gonna take an album like let's say this so addictive album, which has what maybe okay out of sixteen out of seventeen songs, maybe seven are rapping, the other ten are singing. That's less than fifty percent. I think Lauren Hill gets a pass based on her previous yeah her previous work with the Fugees. I think it's a, a rap record. I mean, the the first song is uh, "Lost Ones." Takeaway is a takeaway is a is a ballad. It's an R and B ballad. I mean, but I think I think it's about the 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 profile that you have. I mean, the first single "Get Your Freak On" is clearly a rap song. The second single "One Minute Man" is eh, it's less of a flat out rap song, but like it's not genuine. Who's clearly like. A 90s aren't does a lot of singing it's a lot it's about half no no i agree i agree i agree but i'm saying it's not you know r kelly or, or genuine or somebody that's clearly a, a 90s r&b dude that has a rap song you know what i mean it's it's not that so i guess she just chose to sing a bunch i mean it almost makes me want to look into the other missy records like how much singing is on there compared to rapping because because i I never would have. I never would have uh, thought that. But uh, B, what you got to say, man? Um, <laughs> I, I I hate to repeat some of the same um, effects that you guys have repeated, but again, it's the same thing. You know, uh, I think Timberland did a great job with the production. I think that uh, Missy and Timberland did very well curating it. Just the headspace that I was in in two thousand and one. Again, outside of get your freak on, even one minute, man, I just they weren't things that I spent when I was spending. You know, I just didn't. They weren't in my on my on my track list. I just they just weren't. I wasn't doing a bunch of uh, younger events at that time. Uh, I was getting into the groove of the 30 year old groove. Wait, when you say where you were at 20 years ago, but 20 years ago, what did, I mean, are you comparing this album to where you were at 20 years ago? Or are you are you kind of taking today's ears and and kind of, you know, evaluating the album? So I'm evaluating the album based on the four listens I gave it this this week and where I was in 2001. I had to put the two together because I because I, I beat it up pretty bad last week. And I wanted to, you know, after Reaper and I had, you know, our little back and forth, I said, let me try to give it a, a, a more honest, uh, more objective review. And again, I just that's when I had to bring in where I was. And I just like, man, I did not spend this song that much. I really didn't. I think I may have done a couple of weddings that I might have put it on it. But outside of that, it just was not. It was not in my repertoire of songs that I played at that time. 2001, I was spinning for 30 year olds up and down, you know, and and they wanted a, a much more, uh, a little more chill feel than, you know, get your freak on. That probably was hotter for your, you know, your 20 somethings at that time. But, you know, at that time I was going into my mid 30s. So, yeah, it just wasn't uh, it wasn't something that I could play on my on my playlist. But, you know, again, for you guys, y'all might have been able to do it, you know, I, I or might have enjoyed it because you got, you know, especially you, uh, Kev, you were right in the mix of that. You would have been in your early 20s, right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I mean, 
back then, I didn't really care for the album too much. It was, it was, you know, I didn't buy it. And if I did buy anything, it might have been one or two singles. You know what? I take that back. I did buy this album. <laughs> I did. I did. Let me tell you why. No, I'm gonna tell you. No, no, no. Because the only, only reason I remember buying it is because Genuine is a family friend, and I bought it because of him. Fronting. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I bought it because of Genuine. That's why. All right. Well. But I didn't really listen to it a lot, though. I'll say. Yeah, that. you've you've already fronted on this thing. There's no need to. Uh, but I'm just fronting. saying, like, but today, I like it. I like it more today than I did when it first came out. Well, okay. So let's uh, sort of start to wrap things up with this. Basically, a couple of rapid fire questions. If you were going to, so imagine two thumbs, right? So you've got two thumbs up, one thumb up, one thumb down, or two thumbs down. If you were going to rate it on that scale, uh, Kev, what you got? Two up. Okay. B, what you got? Two down. Wow. Two down. Okay. Well, I'm going to say uh, one up, one down. Yeah. I, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> so, so, some more rapid fire. Again, not placing it in the, the top 10, just looking, looking at it as a record that came out in 2001 from the lens of 2001, not knowing what was going to come after that. Would it have been worth listening to at the time? Just yes or no, Kev? Well, as a rap album, no. As a rap album, no. Uh, B. Yeah, my caveat would be, <laughs> are, are we talking about the entire album? Uh, okay, so as not a rap album, just an album in the pantheon, yes? As an album, yes. Rap album, no. Okay, B? Yeah, no, I would not have listened to it. Again, it was just that one single. Maybe One Minute Man, second single, that's it. Nothing else. I would not have listened to anything else. Okay. Uh, now, today, 20 years later, 21 years later, has it, the sounds, everything from the lyrics to song selection to beats to all of that stuff, like the entire project, does it, is it listenable in 2022, uh, Kev? Oh, that's a good question. Personally, I say about half the album, you know, sustained the, the uh, period of time. But I think that, I think the way music is now, I think if she reissued this album, it could be a success today. Okay. It was actually reissued last year for the 20th anniversary. But Really? Yeah. Wow. And I, 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 yeah. Well, well, then that could be the reason why she got so much notoriety last year. I mean, like she won, like she got Lifetime Achievement Awards and everybody was like, Missy's so great and Missy this and Missy that. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe because it could have been because of the re-release of this album. But yeah, over the past year, she's, you know, people really kind of, you know, showing Missy love. So I don't know. What say you, B? Yeah. You know, again, uh, the, the conversation uh, that uh, Reaper and I had back and forth the other day changed a lot for me. I added two more singles to what I thought was enjoyable. But when I look at the number of tracks, and I did not take into account the gospel one. I should have. So that would make three. So there are five. So I went from two tracks during the time in which it was you know, on the airwaves in 2001 to now here in 2022, 
I think that at least five of the tracks were enjoyable for me. And that's adding the uh, gospel track with Yolanda Adams, I think is her name. So I, I, I will say that it improved. Uh, I would say this as far as I, I appreciate Kev being so nice with keeping it in the top 20 or in uh, under 50. This this album doesn't belong anything uh, up, uh, below. I'm sorry, anything higher. I'm sorry, you know, anything closer to one than 50, 51, 52, somewhere in there. Not not. It shouldn't be anywhere in the 20s. All right. Yeah, I've said my issues with it. Uh, just really surprised that there was so much singing on it. And uh, the singles stand out a lot more than the other songs. But as far as 2022, I actually think it's fine. Like, it, I told you it was really surprising how fast um, or how easy it was to listen to. It went by really fast. Some of the features don't stand out. But they also, because you could stand out for like, man, I was a really great verse, but you could also stand out because it's a mismatch. Like it doesn't sound good. So you could take it from the perspective of if a, if a feature doesn't stand out, it's because it gels so well with the song. And I actually had to look at some of the features like, who is that feature on that song? Okay, it just sound like, like, you know, somebody that's a part of the camp or somebody that just, you know, blended in with the song. And I don't think that's a bad thing per se. I think it is a, a solid listen in 2022. Now, the egregiousness is seven overall. It isn't seven overall. Um, if I just had to eyeball it without combing through, I would be okay if it was maybe 35 or so, somewhere in there. Because when I'm thinking all-time records, I'm thinking no skips. And not even just no skips, but like bangers. You know what I mean? So not quite that. But again, I talked to one of my homeboys and he said perhaps they wanted to acknowledge a female MC on the Rolling Stone. And I mean, they had Lauren Hill on there. So that doesn't make a. T- they had, but, and then they gave Cardi B. Right. I mean, a good, a good. Yeah, they did. So, I mean, maybe that's what but played you, into it. But um, go ahead, Kev. I, I, yeah, but they, they could have acknowledged someone who was really a talented MC. MC Light, lighter than lighter than uh, rock, is way better than most of this stuff that got put in the top twenty by females. I would put it right next to Lauren Hill because I, I got to give you know you got to take away some points for Lauren Hill is you know mostly R and B. But if you're talking about light as a rock, man, that was a fire album and it did it got no love on the top two hundred. Because it must not be fire then. Uh-oh, dropped a bomb. But um, Kev, uh, yeah, go ahead. But you know what, though? that I, I don't want to go back to the Rolling Stone thing, but it was an interesting point when that link I sent you guys the other day where the guy said, um, he said everybody in the top 20 outside of Cardi B because she's on, she only had the one album. He said Future was the only other person in the top 20 that didn't have another album on the whole 200 list which which was something i i overlooked that like like damn he didn't i i don't know how i didn't see that but um yeah i mean the list was sparked today's debate so yeah <laughs> so that was uh one more listen for missy misdemeanor elliott's 2001 project miss e so addictive and we're split <laughs>
I tried to be as nice as possible on this because, again, uh, Reaper really, you know, brought the gentle soul out of me by saying, man, give it, give it a real listen. Give it a chance. So for the split, we do this. That's right. <laughs> All right. Now we're moving on to the next song that we wanted to give one more listen to. And that was the clips with Lord willing. Take it away, Reaper. Uh, so, yeah, this uh, again, same time period, pretty much clips or Missy was May of 2000. One and clips is August 2002, so we're right within a year. We're in basically the same time period of hip hop. We've got Missy's album with Timmy Timberland doing every track, we've got the clips debut album, or yeah, I guess because the first album technically came out in '99 and it was shelved, so the first debut album that actually came out, I guess you could say, uh, 2002. And we've got production by the Neptunes, Pharrell and Chad, on every song. So uh, let's play one of those songs that we thought was notable. Grind it. From the Neptunes. And I just want to let y'all know. I'm your push The world is about to feel something that they never felt before. Come on. From ghetto to ghetto, the backyard to yard, I sell it whip on whip, it's off the hard. I'm the neighborhood pusher, call me subwoofer, cause I pump bass like that jack on the off the track. I'm heavy cuz, ball to your fault and shoot the duck to the Fetty Gov. Sorry my love, but I'm seeing through these eyes. Benz convoys with the wagon on the side. Only big boys keep deuces on the ride. Gucci Chuck Taylor with the dragon on the side. Man, I make a buck while I scram. I'm trying to show y'all who the fuck I am. The Jews is flirting. Be damned if I'm hurting. Legend in two games like I'm Pee Wee Kirkland. Platinum on the block with consistent hits. While Pharrell keep talking this music. Yeah, man. And that was Grinding by the Clips and their project, Lord Willing. Reaper, take it away. So, uh, again, to reflect, Lord Willen was also on the Rolling Stones top 200 of all time. I believe it's number 12. And uh, that sparked some debate because the top 10 was what people looked at most. But I thought the 11 to 20 was just as interesting, if not more interesting. And that sparked the debate about this Lord Willen record. So let's go along the same lines. Like I said, Missy's got Timberland on every uh song production wise the clips have pharrell neptunes chad on every song what do we think about production on this record kev oh man uh you know production at that time was it was innovative it was new it was it was a totally different sound I, you know pharrell tells a story about you know how he you know people wouldn't give him a chance and it wasn't until uh, Noriega jumped on one of these crazy ass beats that really helped propel him to where he's at now. So, you know, just staying in that lane of these these bass heavy, odd sounding beats and and the clips just, you know, figuring out a way to rap over him was just it was just amazing at that time because it was like, like I said, it was just. No one expected it. It was it was just like so 
unexpected, but at the same time, you you enjoyed it. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, it was so different. No one could really copy it. So it was just like, if you had a Pharrell beat, you know it wasn't going to sound like nothing nobody else was doing. B? Yeah. Again, I got to lean on Reaper for this one. And he, uh, you know, again, our conversation had me listen to it four more times. And uh, I, I remembered that in my in my spinning back then that uh, grinding was definitely there because I played for a lot of, you know, knuckleheads back then. And there, there was some knuckleheads that wanted to be like, I'm grinding. So that and um trying to think what is the other uh the other song that uh was when the last time you heard it like this no uh uh-uh. ma i don't love her that one that one i played yeah i played that one a lot so those would be the two that definitely got some love for me but after listening to it for four times uh over the last couple of days and, and really giving it a, a fair shot trying to be as objective as possible I, again, I I improved what I liked about the project, but again, the overall project was still egregious as far as to where it was placed. I think that this album is actually better than Missy's project, and I think it deserves to be low, you know, a, a lower number than fifty. I'm not going to say twelve, definitely not, maybe not, definitely not even the top twenty, but I put it in thirty. Well, here, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Just We're talking about production. Okay, I'm sorry. So as far as the production, again, Pharrell and Chad was on their thing. They was doing it. They were in a groove. Timbaland and Magoo and Missy, they were in their groove. Just everybody in that Newport News area at that time was on fire doing their thing. And the time was just right for them to express their art. So I, I appreciate this and its production value, except for about three songs where Pharrell got in there like, uh, what was the intro joint uh, or the first track on the joint? Yeah, it was the intro joint. And then uh, even the one uh, young boy, uh, Pharrell, you know, kind of ad libbed a little bit. I could not I did not like the ad libs. Any of his ad libs I thought were whack. So that's my two cents. Well, yeah. So you talk about. Pharrell and the Neptunes and Chad. Let's not forget Chad. Uh, but yeah, he was. This was the beginning of a run that is almost unrivaled. Like if you really think about it, you know, through some of the songs that were going to come out right after this, uh, Nelly Hot in Here, and I don't need to list all the songs, but um, Grinding is like one of those all-time songs. So I'm a little bit younger than y'all. When this record came out, I was in middle school, and people were taking pens and pencils and like, you know, silverware from the lunch line and like beating on the table and like rapping the words to this song. Like grinding is one of those earlier songs in my uh, early youth, like right before I became a teenager that just sort of really impacted me. And I think people my age of like, oh, this is what hip hop is. Oh, this is what, you know, and then we're in this era of like, hip hop singles from club singles to like radio singles, people are like really rapping, like really doing the lyrical stuff. Um, it would evolve a little bit more um, throughout the 2000s, but um, people are like really, I think you could ask almost anybody my age, you know, give or take a year from ghetto to ghetto to backyard to yard, everybody knows that, you know what I mean? So uh, I think it's one of those all time tracks 
grinding. That just everybody knows that. And then the production on the overall grinding really stands out. But I think, and again, my I don't love her when the last time the singles definitely stand out because it was just a different time. You know, the radio was just playing this stuff over and over and over. 106 and Park, TRL are playing these songs over and over and over. So I think a lot of records from that time, you might know the singles way more than you know the album because it wasn't like streaming, you know, era, that kind of thing. You weren't free to just listen to any song you wanted to unless you bought the album. You know what I mean? So I think it's a little bit different on that. But I think the B-sides that we have here, the Neptune's B-sides, sound really good. Like Pharrell and Chad had this new sound that just didn't sound like anything else that was on. Because you got to think 2002, we're really coming off the end of like shiny suit stuff. And we're coming off the the telltale, you know, like the later mafioso, the later like war report Capone and Oriega that was still trying to keep like New York really heavy sort of boom bap still alive. And we're going into the 2000s where outside of New York, people got something to say. Your Nellies, your Ludacris, your Clips, your, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it was just opening the doors of of a new era of rap, you could say. So... We've got sparse features. Let me uh, double check. I know Faith Evans is on one. Fabulous, Jermaine Dupree. Oh, okay, Styles and, and Jadakiss. So what do we think about features on this record? Kev, what say you? It's another feature-heavy album, but I think overall, I think they worked overall. You know, the, uh, the clips put there, you know, put the people from their camp on there on a couple of songs. Um the Faith Evans feature worked. The Fabulous one wasn't, eh, it was okay. It's okay. I mean, out of all of them, I could have probably did without the Fabulous feature, but... Really? Yeah, yeah. I think Fabulous has arguably the best feature on the album, but maybe that's just me. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, it, I don't know. Did Jada and Styles... Jada and Styles P should do an album together. Nothing against Sheik Looch, but it's just the way they... The way they rap together on songs is just something is magical. So it's kind of hard. I, it's just hard to go against it. But that's like the fabulous is my least favorite. I'll say that. All right. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm not. I mean, like it's, it's, it's it is sample. Uh, I mean, feature heavy. Now now I'm sitting here looking at it, but it didn't feel like it was a lot of features on here when I was listening to it this week. All right, B would say you. Yeah, so for me, uh, the Faith Evans feature was enjoyable. Uh, the features on the remixes were enjoyable. Outside of that, you know, I'm definitely going to give Fabulous his props, but I did, I just did not feel like he was in the right space. You know, what was going on in Newport News at that time and what was going on in New York was two different things as far as what their verses were. And it just, it's to me, it did not, I, it didn't feel right. Uh, I, you know, and uh, in none of the other, the, the AB Live, the Roscoe, uh, the, the, the Family, the, I, I didn't like any of that other stuff. Uh, none of the features outside of, again, the Faith Evans and the remixes, they, that was it. And, and Fabulous, like I said, stone cold killer when it comes to this thing called hip hop but again just not this particular track i'm not saying he didn't mail it in he did his best he just wasn't on the right track for him so i'll leave it at that 
Well, you know, I think this is another interesting thing, too, uh, when we have a, a retrospective listen. Because if you put yourself in the shoes of 2002, just like we had to do with Missy, you could argue Missy and Tim, Get Your Freak On, is pre-Work It. It's pre, you asked me about uh, Nelly Furtado and, you know, some of the stuff that they did would come years later. So this is, like, not final form. And... Same with Pharrell with Clips or with uh, Fabulous. So he came out with Can't Deny It and with Nate Dogg in 2001. So this is just a year removed for that, from that. Some of the other stuff, you know, Soul Tape and Breathe and all that stuff, all that stuff was after this. So in those, or even Styles and uh, Jada, this is post Locks. This is post all of that stuff. But uh, Styles... I get high every day is after this. And uh, I guess Jada, knock yourself out. Uh, without looking, it would have been the same year. So I don't know if it came out, but this is right around that time. So this is not final form of all of these people. And even Faith Evans came out with the Faithfully album that same year. So I think this is a, considering 2000, 2001, because some of the stuff was recorded in uh, 2001 and released in 2002. It makes sense for the time because all of these people were charting or were hot, had other stuff out. Yeah. So uh, let's play another song. B, we're going to play Let's Talk About It. All right. That's what's up. Let's talk about it on the next song for our one more listen. Ask any nigga, uh-huh. rapper or hustler, who rocks is bigger. Yeah, the rapper. Nah, dog, go figure. Nah. With the B12, I make that straight killer. I flood the block, I hug the Glock. I have a whole neighborhood asking a thug to stop. Cause I show him what Waco see. They hit the district, pay a visit to J.O.B. I like my diamonds colored, watch it smothered. Show off with the Prince of Jewels, let the white man love it. I'm too much. Got bitches out for me. Bring them home, give them their choice of balcony. She said, we can have more fun. I said, how can we? Then she brought a girl in and ate her out for me. Wow. Wow. All night sex. Just think this all came from one question. You got a big ass bell. Let me see you jingling, baby. Yeah, yeah. You got a big ass bell. All right. That was Let's Talk About It. And I find it very interesting. And I'm pretty sure Reaper's going to mention this in, uh, when he takes over that this is, this is accredited as a Jermaine Dupri track featuring the clips. Reaper, take it away. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's very cool that you noticed that because this was actually a, an album cut. It might have even been a street single for Jermaine Dupree. He had an album that came out in 2001 called Instructions. And this was actually on that album first. Falling Out of Control is the first single. Welcome to Atlanta is the second single. And I believe Let's Talk About It was the third slash street single or whatever. So this is the era, too, of like, oh, two people are both collabing, doing their thing. Oh, that song's on your album? Oh, let's put that song on my album, too. Like, is that cool? Welcome to Atlanta was on Instructions. It's also the hidden track on Word of Mouth, which both came out in 2001. So that's something cool that doesn't really happen anymore. I mean, I guess the the 2022 version of that would just be, oh, Young Thug and and, uh, Gunna are friends. Oh, let's just make an album together. Or Wiz and Currency, we're friends. Oh, let's just make a mixtape together. Like... 
we don't have to make one song and get it cleared to put it on your record and my record. Let's just make a whole record together because why not? Oh, Currency and Styles P are hanging out, you know, smoking J's. Let's just make a mixtape together because why not? You know, so I think that's something cool from that era that should have been acknowledged. And there you go. And again, so going into, I'm, I'm going to ask you to, uh, again, sort of a, a production related questions. I think this song for it to be just a little album cut, just, I believe it's track 11, just a random cut on the record. I think that sounds single worthy and it was not a single. Like, I think overall the B-sides of the Neptunes on this record sound just as good in more cases than not than the actual singles. What say you? Either one of y'all. Say it again. <laughs> I'm like, what? Are y'all awake? I said, even though Let's Talk About It or Comedy Central, Young Boy, any of these songs weren't actually singles. I think the production is more in line with the production of When the Last Time and Grinding and My I Don't Love Her, the, the actual singles. I, it, yeah, I could agree with that. I could agree with that. I mean, you know, overall, it was it was it was good production overall. I mean, even like with you know, Ma Don't Love Her, which was a which was a a, a popular radio hit, like right behind Grinding, but at the same time, it you know, Grinding was so unique. That's why I think it blew up. But then Ma Don't Love Her was just like a radio song, you know what I mean? Like if you'd have flipped it and made it an RB, it could have you could have flipped it and made it an RB track where it was a fave song featuring the clips and it's still been a hit. So I yeah, so I think you know the production was it, it was good, it, it, even with the B-side stuff. Right. So uh you got anything to add on that B or you know, again, uh Jermaine was uh uh trying to set himself up forward to welcome to Atlanta stuff. So got to give him credit on that. And I thought it was genius what was going on back there in that time that people were working together, regardless to where you were from. It was the lesser known cities trying to, you know, stake their claim to this thing we call hip hop. So I give mad love to So So Def getting with the clips and uh, and and um, and um, Pharrell and Chad and doing their thing. So uh, I give them kudos for that. All right. So when we talk about it in, well, we're going to talk about Rolling Stone in just a second, but you've got the floor, Kev. What are your issues with the album? Just overall issues. I I mean, I was, okay, outside of the Rolling Stone placement, I really don't have any issues. I didn't have, I didn't have an issue with it being at, last week I didn't have an issue being at number 12. But I have something to say today. Overall, it was it was an enjoyable album. I know when I when I finished this, when I got to the last song, the first thing that came to my mind was that I think Malice is a better rapper than Pusha T. And wow, you know, it's so I don't want to cut you off, but it's so interesting that you said that because a couple of times I was listening, I was like, this isn't Pusha, this is Malice. Like he's low key out rapping him on some of these songs. Oh man, Malice, Malice got two solo albums, and a lot of people didn't listen to him. But both of his solo albums are great. I I will recommend both of them. The first one, definitely. 
The second, if you like the first one, you you'll like the second one. The second one is not as good as the first one, but the first one is the first one might be. Oh man, oh man. I'll I'll go out on a limb and say Pusha T. I mean, uh, Malice's first solo album is better than anything Pusha T ever put out. Oh yeah, let's not go into those weeds. We're talking about Lord Willen. <laughs> I, I, I no, Lord, Lord Willen is a good album. Lord Willen is a good album. I think Malice is an underrated MC, but that's just what happens when you have a duo. Um, people tend to pick one as their favorite, and then they'll put, and then they'll say that favorite is better than the other guy, and the other person gets overshadowed, but. I think we have to focus on both of them. Like just like you said, it's it's certain points in certain songs you don't know who's rapping, and that and that's a, that's the beauty of this group is that both of these guys can can say stuff and, and rap and flow, and you'll get so caught up in the song you don't know who said what, and I think that's a beautiful thing. It's a good it's a good good album though. It's a good album. I listened to it a couple times because I enjoyed it that much. Cool, cool. B? Yeah. Again, uh, again, leaning on the conversation with Reaper, I, I found um, more of the songs on the project to be enjoyable. As much as I beat up on clips, as much as I beat up on Pusha T, uh, I definitely think that Malice uh, gave a good showing on this project. I have not heard his solo stuff. Uh, just because I don't think he had any like club bangers on there. So it wasn't on my radar during that time. Um, overall, the, uh, the you know, what Pharrell and Chad did on this project was overall very good. And uh, I think the clips gave a good effort in uh, making this art. And to see where they were at this point was so, now that I've listened to it several times and really tried to be objective as possible, it makes me more angry with Pusha T today <laughs> that he was in a space. When you listen to Virginia and a couple of other things, young boy, it's like, okay, he's headed somewhere. He's, you know, he's getting this stuff out. He's getting this stuff off his chest and he's going to be shine. He's going to shine. Cause I'm not saying the man can't rap. What I'm saying is he's rapping in the box and I don't like boxes. Yeah, it is interesting that you say that because literally the first line of the whole album, players, we ain't the same. I'm in the cane and guns. And it's just like, this was 2002. It's 2022. And Push's first single was called Diet Coke. It's kind of like, mm, growth. As B Wise always says, growth. Where's your growth? <laughs> and uh, But some of the lyrics on this uh, record are just really... I don't want to say top notch, but upper echelon, like really enjoyed the lyrics. Um, I went back and dug up some some uh, reviews from the time. And it seems what a lot of people actually had issues with, which is an interesting take, is some of Pharrell's and Chad, the Neptunes, some of their production was so forward, so innovative, so new sounding. And some of the clips raps were standard hardcore you know find the pockets you know like lyrical rap and they didn't think at the time that pharrell and chad's production with it being so new and borderline 
pop rap is what it said a couple of times, like like top 40 singles, that it didn't match with them just trying to get their bars off. And I don't completely disagree with that. I don't, I didn't really think about it from that perspective, but some of the like, uh, like Gangsta Lean, give me something done. And it's got these sort of like, I don't know, like island vacation sort of sounds. And then the other, the other one, I'm not you with the like steel drum and stuff. That stuff doesn't really match their rhymes per se. But like I said, I wouldn't have thought about that on my own. I wouldn't have thought about that if somebody hadn't pointed it out. Like they're, they're kind of going really hard for how these, some of these beats sound. You see what I'm saying? And, um, but overall, I don't have any issues with the record. Like, none. I think the Family Freestyle Track 7, I think, is out of place. Like, it just, it's just in the middle of the album, and it doesn't, it doesn't have the clips on it. It's just like, you know, somebody from their camp that just spit a little rap real quick. But you could also look at it as, as like a skit, as it, like a, a midpoint for the album. And Yeah, but no... We're used to songs like this being at the beginning or the end. And like you said, thrown in at the middle. If it was if it was the LP era, it wouldn't have been so bad because it's at the mid midpoint. But this is a CD era. It's it's a difference. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, okay, okay. At, at the LP era, you 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 flip the record over. It 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 it, it made a big difference. It's a big so it's a big. It, it, it was a difference in the way you sequence songs like, like Michael Jackson's "Off the Wall." It's just like, you know, it, it's one of those albums that if you play side A, you didn't have to play side B because people were just so, just so sweated out and tired and and just just from dancing so hard to side A that if you play side B, I mean, you know, it, it was going to probably kill people because they were still going to keep going, but. Yeah, it, it, the LP era and the, and the CD era. I mean, the LP, the tape, the CD era. It was just like it was just it was just weird how you know if you didn't have the right sequencing of songs, it could take away from an album. That so like you know I I always make that point if the songs are sequenced a certain way, you know it it, it adds a take away. It 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 makes a difference sometimes. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Or uh, or cassettes running out of, you know, and having to flip the cassette over too. So yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't have any issues with the album. I've never been a fan of I'm Not You, the last song. But, and again... It's at the end though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's at the end. Like, if you don't want to hear that, you cut it off, you know. But um, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I don't think this album has any skips. I think every song is listenable. Every song might not be like the best clip song of all time. I think it's a super easy listen. I think the lyrics are tight on every song. Like I said, even Fam Late Freestyle is, mm, it's like mm, just this random song in the middle of the album. But the beat is, is cool. It's like a, you know, inventive Neptune's beat. And the chorus, in Virginia, the guns go bang, bang. It's like, eh, okay, I don't hate that. That could be like a little chant or something. Like, okay. But I, I'll venture to say I love this record, man. I love this record. All right, so we jumping out we jumping out the window tonight. Why you say that? You know, it's... It, love this album? I don't know. 
I mean, but you, but you was the one who had a problem. I mean, so was your problem? It was placed at twelve, or your problem was it was in the top fifty, or on the whole two hundred. My problem was it was at twelve, and I don't like the clip. <laughs> after Reaper, after Reaper and I had our back and forth, and I gave it a, an objective listen, I now say I like the project, not love it. I definitely like it. I think there is at least five solid skips on the album. So that's the only reason I don't think it's, it's you know, but outside of that, again, he brought me into a space where I find the album much more tolerable than I did in the headspace I was in when it first came out. Well, let's say this. Do you think it's top 100? Yes or no? I think it's uh, I think it's uh, I think it's top top 60. Yeah, I put it at probably 55. Yeah. Easy. I mean, I think, I mean, and we, maybe we could do that on another show if y'all want to, like maybe, maybe don't add anything from to the, to the Rolling Stone list. Maybe look at the top 25 or top 50 and like resequence them. Maybe we can do something like that. But I think. Yeah. That's a good idea, Reaper, but there's stuff that's in the top 50 that shouldn't be in the top 50. So if we resequence it, We'd have to cut out about nine or 12 of the songs from the top 50 <laughs> that they don't even belong in the top 50. I mean, but I mean, we, we can see. We can see. But, but I mean, again, we can get into that on another episode because I know you're, you're secretly throwing jabs at the Cardi B record. And the Cardi B record... Missy record. Uh, okay. But I'm saying, even, even we would have to look at the, the 50 and see. Could I absolutely without looking put 49 records over that missy record without looking i'm not gonna agree to that i don't know that the missy record is that bad that it can't be top 50 i don't i don't necessarily agree with that right now and i definitely don't agree with that with that cardi b record that cardi b record can absolutely be top 50 and this lord willing record can absolutely be top 50 i might venture into saying top 35 i'd have to look at what 34 come before it but well let me ask this then because i think that matter of fact it was placed at number 12 and there were 10 11 albums ahead of this one rolling stones these, these contributors at rolling stones was pretty much saying this was the clips best album kid you know what do, what do you guys think as what is in their discography their best? Do you agree is this one or do you agree is something else? I think it's his top two. It's definitely top two. I would. So if it's not one, then then it must be two then, right? That's what, in your opinion. In my opinion. So what do you think is above this one then? The one with... Uh, I mean, well, there's only two answers. There's only... It's only this one or the second one. Yeah, the one with the... Uh, what's, what's that track that went crazy? Oh, they had three albums. Yeah, they but what I'm you're, you're pulling straws here, man. What I'm saying is, if it's not Lord Willing, it has to be He'll Have No Fury, the second album, because the third album is whatever, you know. So, to the casket drop. Let me let me just throw this caveat out there, and we're gonna jet out of this and give our overall opinions because we're running tight here. And uh, let me just say, at 35, was Doggy Style, gentlemen. You guys know Doggy Style is a better project than Lord Willing. Sure. That, that when I when I look through the top fifty, I'm just like, there's so many songs that are better, so many albums. Excuse me. You know, you know what? I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give a hot take right now though. I'm gonna give a hot take right now though. 
I'd rather listen to Lord Willing than Stankonia. <laughs> That's not a hot take, though. I don't. I and I'm not. I'm not trashing Stankonia. Man. I just. I don't. I don't like Stankonia. I don't like it. And and I'm. I'm gonna. Maybe we could do one more listen on Stankonia because I listen to it again every couple of years. I think AT Aliens. I think all of the Outcast albums, the first three, are clearly better than Stankonia. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's a hot take and unpopular opinion, but I'd rather listen to any of those Outcast records, the first three, over Stankonia, and I would rather listen to Lord Willen over Stankonia as well. And you know what else? I don't have the here. Let me see if I can pull up the uh, the top ten right now because we have it in our uh, chat. Let me see if I can find it. I might venture to say, and this might be a hot take: Ready to Die, uh, Stankonia Blueprint. We're gonna revisit Butterfly. That's probably the only one. I'd rather listen to uh, Lord Willing than to Pimple Butterfly and Snack On You. But we're going to revisit possibly those two records. Maybe my mind can be changed after time is given it. And that's the whole point of this segment. So, uh, yeah, let's get some final thoughts. Um, I'm going to tell this story. So, and again, I'm, it's, it's interesting because earlier I, I asked B about, you know, a time period. Or I guess we should say this, too. So we looked at it uh, before we get final thoughts. We looked at clips or we looked at missy in the vacuum of 2001 not looking at from this perspective so at the some rapid fire um looking at it in 2002 where clips were where neptunes were before they went on the crazy run we're talking right at the beginning of their run would you have listened to this album or could you recommend this album at the time kev yes or no you're saying in 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 2002 when it came out Yes. Of course I reckon from from or, or from or from the guys of that not looking at everything that came after. Yeah. I mean I I I I played this like you said. You could play this whole thing front to back and not really skip nothing. All right, B. Uh, that's a no for me. It was not uh, a project <laughs> at that time. Again, at that time, it was just not a project. Again, I'm spinning. If it and I got that's what I got to give everybody the caveat. When you spin you're only trying to hear what people are going to get on the floor for. You're not listening to what you can ride and listen to what you can listen to at the crib. It was all about what can I put on my playlist so I can make the people dance. Cause the, but what did you listen to in your car though? No, definitely not. The, the club owner is, is looking for you to keep people on the dance floor. And that was my whole goal. And in my car, I was still stuck in the golden, the 90s. Dude, in 2001, I was still listening to stuff from 94, 93. I was, uh, you know, as far as my riding music, yeah, because I got so tired of listening to club bangers, you know, because I was doing two, three nights a week at that time. I I didn't want to be dealing with uh, a club banger. So, yeah, I listened to a bunch of De La Soul, uh, uh, Little Brother. You know, I listened to a a lot of more conscious stuff in the car. Okay. Um, so in in the guise of, of 2022, actually, shout out to Clips Lord Willen, 20-year anniversary this year. Could you recommend this album today? Has it held up test of time, et cetera, et cetera? Kev, what say you? Yes. Yes. Um, I enjoyed this album today just as much as I did when it first came out. Yeah. Yeah, I think it still held. I think it still has held up all these years. Okay, B. Uh, so for me, I believe that it's actually gotten better. 
Uh, now that I have time to really give it an objective look, uh, I really believe that uh, this is a quality project and that these people were really putting in work. Again, my biggest caveat is that as good as this project is and the, the one with the uh, blown is blown away. I keep forgetting what the um, that other big song breathe the, 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 the project would breathe those two projects as good as those two projects were that here in 2022, we're still hearing him do the same thing. I, I just got to give you at this date. I have to give you negative points for that. But overall, I would suggest to anybody go listen to Lord willing. It's a quality project. Okay, for sure. So uh, before we wrap up overall, I got to stick this story in there. So when Lord Willing came out in 2002, I was like 12 years old or so. And I loved grinding. Actually, I could even add that to the story as well. So I was at my father's house and I was getting ready for bed. And as I was walking from the bathroom, I remember it so vividly. As I was walking from the bathroom to my bedroom, my father said, hey, Ryan, come out here. And I was like, yeah, what's up? And it was like, um, uh, I think it was called Access Granite. I think that's what the show was called on, on BET, where they used to do behind the scenes of a music video. And then at the end of the 30-minute segment, they would like play the video or whatever. It must have been one of the replays of that. It was at night, though, and they were playing the, the world premiere of the grinding video. And he was like, come out here and listen to this. And just that video of them just in the dark and, you know, hoodies on and the unique sound. My, my pop was like, I've never heard nothing that sound like this. And I was like, yeah, this is really cool. And that was like the first, you know, time I ever heard a song or ever saw the video. And then, so when the album came out, I was all about grinding. I was all about clips. And I went to this store up in Detroit called Meyer. It's like, it's like Target or Walmart, you know, that kind of thing. I went to Meyer and I said, hey, I'm looking for the Clips album. Do you have it, you know, in like the electronic section or whatever? And this guy, verbatim, you guys, verbatim was like, what you know about the Clips? And I was just like, I want to buy the album. Can you show me where it is? You know, snarky 12-year-old. And I grabbed the album and he sort of looked at it like, should I let you buy this? Like, how old are you, kid? You know, that kind of thing. And I was look, man, I have the money. Can you ring it up? You know, and he was just like, eh, I guess. He might have been, I don't know, 25 or something. And he rung it up, and I bought it, and I went home, and I listened to this album so many times. So I say that to say I tried to not look at it from that guise of, because I hadn't heard the Missy album in 2001. Who, who knows if I would have listened to it a bunch of times in 2001. Maybe that would have affected how I feel about the album. But I tried not to put that in my questionnaire and everything of the review of this, the re-review of this. But I've listened to the Lord Will Willing album in 2002 alone a hundred times. I've heard this album so many times. Without looking, I could probably name the track list in order. I don't know if you guys want to hear that. But um, I've listened to this album so many times that uh, especially after not hearing it, for a handful of years and listening to it again, yeah, it's a lot of fine memories. And I think it yeah, sounds just as good, maybe even better because of where hip hop is now with a lot of trap beats, not a lot of upbeat stuff, not a lot of super lyrical raps and stuff too. So yeah. But, and again, would it not be in as far as boom bap? Because I will admit some of the older boom bap stuff in 22, 2022 does sound old, but this doesn't sound 
old. No, I get it. You're right. Would you like me to try to name the track list in order? I'm ready. <laughs> oh, you got it? <laughs> I got it. <laughs> All right, so this is without looking. So there's 13 songs on the album, 15 if you include the two grinding remixes at the end. I believe it's Intro, Young Boy, Virginia, Grinding, Damn, My Don't Love Her, Family Freestyle, When the Last Time, uh, Ego, Comedy Central, or Comedy Central Ego? I believe it's uh, When the Last Time. I'm going to say Ego first, then Comedy Central. And then the skit that leads into Let's Talk About It, and then Gangsta Lean, and then I'm Not You. And then Grindin' Remix, Birdman, Lil Wayne, Nori, Grindin' Selector Remix, Sean Paul, Cardinal, Official, and that other guy. Awesome! <laughs> That's it? There you go. My man. That's it. So, yeah, I, I love this record, man. I, I, I really. And it's interesting because, and again, maybe we can jump into this another time, too. <laughs> Hell Hath No Fury, the second album, actually got much higher praise than this. Double XL gave it a perfect score. And I've always thought. Did they? Yeah. They actually, you know, at the, this is when you were buying CDs in the store. And they put that on the package. Clips, second album, Hell Hath No Fury with the lead single, Mr. Me Too, given, given, perfect double XL score from double XL magazine. You know, like this was gosh, man, that, that was a, that was a time, man, where you could go in tower records. Oh, you remember tower records? Yeah. I've been to tower records. So you could tower records used to have like this, this, these headphones. It's about six, seven headphone stations. And they would have like this one album you could listen to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Preview it, yeah. And then under there is like similar albums. Man, I bought so many. I used to buy imports out of uh, Tower Records. I used to have so much stuff, man. So much stuff. But um, I'll say, this is what I'll say. I, when I when, when I was reviewing it this week, I listened to this twice in a row, and then I listened to Hell Half No Fur in the casket drop, like. Boom, 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 boom. And I was sitting there like, I don't know which one is the best album out the three. I don't have a problem with what Rolling Stone did, but I don't know if I could pick a better one out of the three, though. I think what it goes to and. Uh, oh, here, I want to propose this question, too. Yeah, we're running a little bit long, so we'll wrap it up. But um, I think grinding is just. Because without looking at the track list um, of the second album, Mr. Me Too, Wamp Wamp, What It Do, and Keys Open Doors, Grinding is is clearly better than all three of those songs. You know, so I think that's what give it the edge. Because Grinding and is just an all time song, not just for them, but in the pantheon of hip hop. Right. So I would pick Laura Willing, even though the second one is a great record. But um, and maybe like uh, growth, maturity, you know, like <laughs> is is more there on the on the second album, and even their voices developed even a little bit more. Like like their actual voice, the way they pronounce words, they sound more like the same person on the first album than they do on the second album. But anyway, um, final question before we really finally put a bow on this: Which one? We talked about this, me and my homeboy. Which one is a bigger song in the pantheon of hip hop? Missy's Get Your Freak On or Clips Grinding? 
grinding. B. It it really depends on who you're playing for. If you're playing for people who just want to get out there and sweat it out and just really get fire on the dance floor, it's going to be get your freak on. But if you're talking about a chill spot where people just want to get on the dance floor and kind of just show what what, what drip they got on, then it's going to be grinding. It's going to be grinding all day because you're not going to want to sweat. You just want to show what your drip is. Well, maybe, well, maybe not necessarily a club because I think one song is clearly more of a club song, but just in the pantheon of hip hop. Just overall, just overall. Yeah. We're talking lyrics. We're talking production. We're talking about where it's lasted, lasting impressions of overall songs, singles in hip hop history. Which one is a bigger record? And again, not just charts, not album sales, just which one is a bigger song? I think people who listen to hip hop uh, on a regular basis would go with grinding. Okay. And I think, yeah, I think that's a really interesting argument. I think just, and maybe the, maybe the question comes down to heads versus general public. I mean, the casual fan will pick Missy, to be honest with you. Right. I think Missy's the answer or just, or non heads. I think, you know, people that don't listen to hip hop like that, no, get your freak on. But maybe grinding is more for heads or more for people that like hip hop. Yeah. Well, with that being said, we could just keep talking about this situation all night. We appreciate everybody that turned on the podcast, Mixer Rap Podcast this week uh, for our new segment. It's going to be a recurring segment for sure of one more listen where we're diving back into the history of hip hop. Uh, We're going to be talking about some of this stuff on the Rolling Stone list that may be out of place, but maybe some of this stuff needs to be Listen to a second time to see if it uh, holds up today, if it sounds better today, if it sounds worse today, maybe in some situations, I'm sure. Um, before we get out of here, uh, Kev, let them know the social media plugs. You can catch us on Twitter at Mix Era Rap and our Instagram at Mix Era Rap Pod. For sure, for sure. As always, you can find a boss man across all social media platforms at the 313KidTHE313. KID. That's Instagram, Twitter, WeChat. Send me a message on there. Mixcloud if you like DJ mixes. Be let them know what time it is. Thank y'all for coming out. God bless and good night. Peace. <laughs>